God is good. And all the time, God is good. Yeah. And I'm celebrating that today because I get to introduce our speaker, Martha Creek. I've known Martha for several years now, and uh, she has some wonderful credentials. You can check those out on her website at marthacreek.net. But some of those include... um, She has done unity peacemaking skills training. She's a religious science practitioner. She's a certified trainer of healthy congregations work for facilitators. It's the work she's been doing the past three days with um, people from different boards, different communities, different staff members who've been coming for this training here at Unity of Bay City. It's been quite an experience of growth and expansion for all who were able to join us. Um, She's also certified with the work of Byron Katie, and she'll be um, presenting a two-hour workshop based on uh, the work of Byron Katie uh, this afternoon from 12 to 2. Um, But what I know really of Martha is that she integrates all of these tools into discovering for herself who she is and who she is here to be as a facilitator as a trainer, as a giver of who she is. And she is here to help each of us to really tap down into who are we really, to embrace our wholeness and the gift, the light that we are, we are, we are, here, we are here. You were in for a treat. She is a mentor and a tormentor, self-proclaimed. Will you please give a warm welcome to Martha Creek? <laughs> That's coming from experience, that tormenting, and it's an absolute honor and a privilege. My mission in life is to serve those who serve, so I naturally believe that you're here in service, that you're here to live out what you're singing and to live out what you're praying. So we're not here about a theory of being a light unto the world. We are here living out and practicing being a light to the world. I also think that's what Unity Worldwide Ministries is for, a change agent for the world to bring heaven to earth and not just in a theory of God is good, but to live that out. And that is the journey. For it is one thing to say it, And it is another thing to demonstrate it. It is another thing to model it and to sing out, we are born to be free. It is a divine right. Bring your shame here. Don't forget it. Bring your guilt here. Don't forget it. And don't forget that you were born to be free. Don't forget that you are forgiven regardless of what happened. We are forgiven. And what a glory, what a glory, what a hallelujah. What a hallelujah for that. So I believe that you, Unity of Bay City, are living that out, being that, beyond just a theory of that or an affirmation of that. So I'm delighted, of course, then to be a part of that, to be a co-inspirator with you to be that in the world, and what you bring to the congregation here, to the families here, to this community here, as well as to the region here, and through your leadership 
and Greg's consciousness to reach out to other ministers, to mentor to them the, the way he does, made possible for four from um, five, five or six people from Unity of Port Huron to drive down here, Unity of Livonia, Unity of Royal Oak, got to come and be a part of a transformational training these last few days. And you and your giving and your offering and your serving here at Bay City made that possible so that you've reached out into the world in ways you may not even be aware of and bolstered ministers and bolstered leaders and bolstered board members and, and other servant hearts in a way that, um, that you may not know. So we can never know the impact that we're having on folks and the impact we're having on the world. So as Greg says, we practice and practice and practice and back up, get a broader perspective, back up, remember who we are and whose we are, and back up and see, oh, there's more to this than my limited little perspective. And when I get stuck in my limited little perspective, why don't you do that? Make a fist and leave a little hole now look around. Now that's the kind of life we're living. Particularly when we're stuck in, I'm right and they're, I'm right and they're, I'm right and they're, and my way's the right way and their way is the, so welcome to hell. So who's holding the key? Who's holding the key? Hold your little finger up and look at that unique little fingerprint you have and point it right back at you. I'm holding the key to my liberation. I hold the key to my freedom. I hold the key to I am born to be free. I hold the key to centered in spirit. I live a life of joy. Centered in spirit. There's no body the matter with me. Centered in spirit, I wouldn't blame you for the shape I'm in. But oh, isn't it tempting. <laughs> oh, the allure to make her the matter with me. And him the matter with me. You don't know what she did. You don't know what he said. Who's got you on the spit? At the end of the day, who's, you know what a spit is? Is that what you call a barbecue? Mm -hmm. The thing that's roasting you slow over an open flame? <laughs> so who put you on the spit? Who can take you off? So turn to somebody sitting by you and tell them you're really glad they're here. <laughs> now look back at the same person and tell them, however, this message is for me. Let's turn our, oh, this is for me ears on. So now I'm talking to myself. So this message is for me too. So 
I've uh, got some characteristics of some of you. As I read them off, watch what happens to your heart as you hear them. So imagine someone is thinking this about you or they're actually saying it about you. You're quickly offended. Easily provoked. You're sensitive. Slow to recover. Now describe your experience. We're just getting started, by the way. <laughs> describe your experience. What was it like to hear that? Shut down? Constricted? Defensive? I don't want to go there. It's full of shame. It's full of guilt to go there. So then naturally, when we, our shame arises, when guilt arises, what are we going to do? What are your common defense mechanisms? Blame. Displace this hurt. It's so hurtful. We're so shut down to it. I don't want to go there. That hurt has to be displaced outwardly. So then anybody around is the dumping ground for it. So now, what would it be like, free of shame, free of guilt, to take an honest look at these things? So instead of shutting down, getting defensive, not going there, what if we went there? What would that be like? So then when they say to you, I find you quickly offended, and you were willing to go there, shame-free and guilt-free, how would you respond to that if they said you're quickly offended? Tell me more. I've noticed that myself. Now that I think about it, I've been doing it since I was a kid. How quickly I take offense. So we would move in the direction of self-realization instead of defense. And we won't be able to do it if we wear a cloak of shame and guilt about it. The shame and guilt would be too heavy, too unbearable for us to actually look to see how am I quickly offended? Not am I quickly offended, how am I? Where am I? What's causing that? What am I believing that causes me to get so quickly offended. Then we're back to basic unity principle. Again, the thoughts I believe create my reality. So then, if I say something that offends you, and you weren't believing the thought, who would you be? So, if I call you rude, 
and you believe that you're rude, how do you react? Hurt? Panicked? Afraid? Mad? Frustrated? Irritated? Victimized? So the power of one little word, rude. It could be you're dumb, you're uncaring, you're mean. Any little word that has no meaning whatsoever, by the way, we've given it all the meaning that it has. So instead of hearing a concept and realizing it has no meaning, we hear a concept and then give meaning to it and then believe what we made up about it and then go to war while we claim we want a, war, a world without war. So we're perpetuating the very thing we claim we want to end in the world. Innocently, by the way. So if I called you rude and you didn't believe the concept, if you didn't believe the thought of I'm rude, who would you be? Even with me calling you that. Neutral, open, balanced, curious, inquisitive. Yes, compassionate. Like, I regret that that's, that's how you see it. Like, what do you mean? So who's creating your experience of that judgment? <laughs> me again. Like, oh no, she called me rude. It's like, yes, but your belief in that is what hurts you. So sticks and stones, not words, not concepts. So then we'll take another concept. So when someone's blaming you, how do you react to them? Defensive, how do you treat them? When somebody's blaming you, how do you treat them? We'll call this part true confessions. How do you treat someone who's criticizing you, blaming you? You dislike them. Us spiritual types are great at this. We, we won't just go directly to them, we'll go gossip about them. Start a thread, parking lot conversation. Instead of like, what is, what is going on between us? What would it take to resolve this? Is it resolvable? Is it reconcilable? You know, you matter. Our relationship matters. What would it take to resolve this? So we could be intelligent. We could go in the direction of like solving a problem instead of experiencing as she's the matter with me or he's the matter with me, which leaves us bound in that. So let's look at other concepts. When you look upon something and call it a problem, how do you experience it? The minute you call it a problem, what do you experience? Tightness, constriction, 
anger, anxiety, worry, panic, fear, terror, stress. I'll do it wrong. I have to do something. I've got to fix it. It's my responsibility. Ad infinitum. So who created that experience for you? This is good news. So if you look upon something and simply didn't call it a problem, how would you experience it? So let's, quite differently is right. So let's get real about it. Like let's get like right down the rubber meets the road. So imagine you go out to leave and your tire's flat. The tire on the car is flat. If you look upon it and call it a problem, how will it hit you? Oh my God, catastrophize it. Let's all do it together, the victim salute. <laughs> the victim salute, why me? Why me? Why me? And that's the strongest, most dominant archetype since recorded history. And are we going to stay in it 2,000 more years? Or like break out of this? So then if you look up on the tire and simply call it what it is, what would you call it? A flat tire. Now, feel the difference. <laughs> feel the difference of calling it a problem and calling it what it is, a flat tire. Feel the difference of that. So then how would you approach it if you were calling it a flat tire? Call AAA. Get a jack out. Get Jack to get his jack out. <laughs> it's never been used. I love it. Who's around here? Who could help me? You'd be resourceful, innovative, creative, thoughtful, open, spacious, liberated, free, 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 the way I was born to be. So do you see that this is possible? This is possible. Whatever I call it, I experience it. Whatever I name it, whatever meaning I give it, I experience that. So if I want to live a more liberated life, a life freer of shame, freer of guilt, then I'd be well advised to call things what they are, not awfulize them and dramatize them and victimize myself to them. So now let me read a few more and see what it would be like if you could hear these with, I am that, instead of, I'm not that, I'm not that. Like, no, I am that. So if God is all that is, alpha and omega, and everything in between, then we are these things. So if we stop seeing them as good or bad, and we just see them as what is, liberation is right here, right now. Not tomorrow, not this afternoon, not up the road, not when I retire. 
Liberation is right here, right now. Shame-free today. Guilt-free today. Someday came. Someday is today for me to experience this and live it out. So see if you could take these in, minus shame and minus guilt. Just to self-realize that I'm everything in the universe. Everything in the universe, neither good nor bad. Just what is, is. I am all that is. So what would it be like to hear this kind of feedback to yourself? If you realized, I am that. It is true. And you had no shame or no guilt about it. You are demanding. Count the ways. How am I demanding? You're stubborn. I thought this was my middle name as I grew up. I didn't even know what it was, but I knew not to be that because it was bad. So count the ways you're stubborn. If you can't find one, look around at your partner, they'll give you one. <laughs> you could ask them to leave a list on the fridge. If you really want a fast track to liberation, just ask your partner, I've made this possible for you, it's in the back, for you to take home for those of you who really want freedom. You would take this list and count all the ways that you are these things. No shame, no blame, and no guilt, however. Self-realization work. Now, if you stopped making demanding, willful, stubborn, defensive, if you stopped making those things wrong, or stopped making those things bad, who would you be? What would be your experience if you just looked upon those things and understood they're part of the natural, normal, human phenomena? I don't have to like it, I don't have to love it, and I don't have to be a victim to it. So what would it do for you to look upon those characteristics and stop making them wrong or bad? What would that do for you? Free. Free. Liberated. You can choose. You have a choice. More resourceful. Clearer thinking. Would actually use the part of the brain that we seldom ever access because we're stuck in the part of the brain that only has the repertoire of a lizard. Fight, flight, or freeze. And call it a life. When we are infinite beings. Possible to live in an infinite experience of the divine, an infinite experience of life that we've not tapped yet. So, 
See how these hit you. What would it be like if you were self-regulated? So regardless of the situation, regardless of how they're looking at you, regardless of the eye rolling, regardless of the tone of voice, who would you be if you were self-regulated? Confident. More powerful. Centered. Balanced. Aware of source. Would this be okay with you? You sure? Some of us haven't suffered enough. <laughs> so all of our learning comes through human suffering, you know. I've just found that suffering's overrated. So who can deliver me from the suffering? Even when there's pain, suffering is an option. Even in pain, suffering is optional. Who would you be if you were more resilient? If you understood the natural normal phenomena, if you understood that people have hurts and unmet needs and thwarted wanting, they've been traumatized, demonized, diagnosed. If you understood that about the whole of humanity, how would you be with humanity differently? If you were resilient for this, if you could hold a resiliency for them, more compassionate, much more compassionate. Isn't this the world we claim we want to create? We would be that now, right here, right here, right now. Do you believe it's possible? Say it again. Yes. Now feel the yes. Now look at somebody and tell them, this is possible. Tell them, it's possible. This is possible. Now look back and tell them, it's up to me. It's up to me. It's possible if I do it, if I'm able to do it. So your worksheet, if you want it, is back there. And it's got the list of the painful way of being and a liberated way of being. And it invites us to integrate it all, free of shame, free of blame, and free of guilt. And to the degree that I can, I remember who I am and whose I am. The back page is how to do it. You're welcome. <laughs> It's 30 items if you just do one of them. If you do, and don't believe me, until you test this out, it's just crazy, creek woman, blah, blah, blah. So do you understand what I mean? Yeah. Until you apply this, until you put it to a test, what would it be like to regulate myself? What would it be like to quit blaming anybody else for the emotions I'm having? What would it be like to stop taking on their emotions? Go there. 
So just one thing, one thing, change the world. One thing. The work we're doing is about this this afternoon and the how-tos and how to apply this and to get specific and to see what situations we're in where we could use a little support. And this is the context for it. It's called the work and the textbook is called Loving What Is. So let me be clear here, I do not love what is. I seldom ever even like what is. However, I'm not a victim to what is anymore. And that is liberation. I may never love what is. I may never like what is. But I am not a victim to what is. That is freedom. And I invite you to it. And if I could free you, you'd be free already. So I can free this one. You can free that one. And we've got some tools here that I found to be a fast track. I'm reading from the text. What is, is. The only time we suffer is when we believe a thought that argues with reality. The only time we suffer is when we are believing a thought that argues with reality. He should be kind. That shouldn't have happened. I need her to call me back. When the mind is perfectly clear, it sees that what is, is. What is, just is. If you want reality to be different than it is, you might as well try to teach a cat to bark. We're laughing. Just what cat are you currently trying to teach to bark? Go there. You can try and 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 try some more and try some more and try some more and try again and back up try again and try again and try again and try again and wonder why you're exhausted and depressed and depleted. And then you'll look down at the cat and it will say, because yeah. that's what cats do. Wanting reality to be different than it is, is hopeless. Wanting reality to be different than it is, is hopeless. So if we continue the magical thinking, the fantasy-based, fairy tale, innocent little three-year-old thinking, who suffers? So it is a spiritual and emotional maturity to align with God as reality. God as reality, not God as a Santa Claus. 
that I'm going to give my wish list to and then be irritated until it's fulfilled. Or my magical thinking list to God that says, if God is good, traffic will always flow. <laughs> Loco. Can you see how we do it? If God is good, I'll never be unemployed. What's the chances? If God is good, I won't have a disease. Look around you. Since recorded history, disease. So if that's our image of God, who's going to suffer over that? Versus finding God, realizing God's presence in all things. Not just when I get my way. Not just when I get what I want. <coughs> to realize God in all things. The work reveals that what you think shouldn't have happened actually should have happened. It should have happened simply because it did happen. That's it. You wouldn't have picked it. You didn't get to vote. You don't have to love it. You sure don't have to understand it. It just happened because it happened. No thinking in the world can change what has happened. No praying, no war, no righteousness can change what has happened, what is already over. This doesn't mean that you condone it or approve of it. It means that you can see things factually. You can see things factually, less feeling-based, without re resistance, with a clarity of mind. And without the confusion of the inner struggle, no one wants children to get sick. No one wants accidents to happen. But do they happen? Do these things happen? This is reality. How can it be helpful in times like that, to mentally argue with what's happened? How can you be helpful to another human being when things like this are happening if you're saying that it shouldn't have happened? How can that be helpful to another human being? We know better than to do it. We know better. We know what unity principles teach. We know what our practice says. There's one power and one presence in the universe. God is all that is. I am one with that. I am not apart from that. I commune with that. I realize that through praying, through meditation. And it's not enough to understand that theoretically. 
for until I live this out, I will suffer. We know better than to do it, but yet we still do it because we haven't known yet how to stop it. Yet. Someday came. It is today. So imagine now how it would be to be shame-free. Get a sense of it in your body. Regardless of what happened, giving up, I do not understand what happened. I can never understand what happened. What it would be like to look at what happened shame-free. What would that be like? And to look at what happened guilt-free. It happened. I do not condone it. I don't approve of it. It happened, and I'm making a choice not to carry guilt about it another day. What would that be like? 